Hello, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of 2023. This is a wrap on the first season of our sustainability series for the world. This year, we dove into the 2026 regulations. What in the world is drop-in sustainable fuel? We heard from team heads of sustainability at McLaren and Mercedes, the founder of Formula E, Extreme E, Extreme H, Pirelli's head of motorsport, what it takes to build a sustainable Grand Prix from the ground, and even how to sustainably make the wine in the bottles on every F1 podium. So we have learned a lot. So fun. And today we are going to walk through in what our opinion are the top 10 F1 sustainability moments of 2023. We're going to rank them in reverse order and wrap with the latest headlines relating to the 2026 regulations, Extreme H, and even a quick roundup of the COP28 that just wrapped. So with that, I'm Tiggy. And I'm Tessa. Wow. I feel like we have a lot of really cool things to talk about. So Let's just jump in. I'm very proud of all of the sustainability work that we've covered this year. So let's talk about it. So the number 10, the well, they're all exciting, but number 10, Singapore GP organizers pledging to have energy emissions by 2028, which is a very fast timeline. So the 2022 Singapore GP, that generated over 2,000 tons of carbon emissions, 96% of which came from energy use and then 4% from transport, waste, water, all of those things. Um, This year, 85% of great electricity consumption was carbon neutral, which is amazing. And given that it's a night race, it even, you know, that's even better because they have so many lights and they trialed more energy efficient LED lights and that overall reduced track lighting energy usage by about a third. So that's really exciting. They're making lots of big steps. And then Singapore organizers announced their commitment to phase out diesel and use hydrogenated vegetable oil instead. And then they instilled solar panels to power the pit lane building. So there's a lot of amazing work going on. And then I think by 2028, they'll be making big strides. Yes. And race promoters are just one element, obviously, of the entire sport. But it's so important that all of these races are thinking about these things. So super exciting. Good for Singapore. There are obviously others who have done cool things as well, but wanted to shout that one out. Number nine. So Pirelli's alternative tire allocation testing is a reminder for what that was. This was where drivers had to be on hards for Q1, mediums for Q2, and softs for Q3. This took place twice over the season, once in Hungary and then in Italy. And the goal of this was really to cut the number of tire sets available to each driver from 13 sets to 11 sets over a Grand Prix weekend, which in turn limits the amount of waste generated over a Grand Prix weekend. So If that were to be implemented across every race during the calendar year, that would save close to 4,000 tires needing to be A, created and B, shipped around the world. What is unfortunate, I mean, for sustainability reasons, maybe not necessarily for racing reasons, there was obviously debates over this alternative tire allocation, but the FIA has agreed to stick with the standard 13 sets for 2024, but for our, for, from our perspective, just really appreciate Pirelli's experimentation, thinking outside the box, thought it was a really interesting way to to kind of cut some of those emissions yeah. and, and reduce I mean, footprint. imagine 14,000, 4,000 tires, like that's a lot of storage containers worth of tires and a lot less like ships that have to move them around the world. Um, but this is a really good example, Tiggy, of like Pirelli and all of these different participants in F1 can experiment and try all these new things, but it really has to be a deep down partnership with the likes of the FIA and people that can actually make it happen. So that's very interesting. Okay. Number eight, this was so cool. McLaren trialing V-Carbon's recycled carbon fiber at the USGP. So 
Carbon fiber is already a really important part of F1 car design, but the demand for it is also expected to double over the next decade, which of course poses the risk of excess waste. It's actually estimated that 30% of production ends up as waste. And according to McLaren, the recycled carbon fiber leads to a 90% reduction in life cycle emissions compared to standard carbon fiber. So that can make a really big impact down the road, especially with demand being so high. So this year, them trialing this recycled carbon in the the car is part of their overall goal to develop a fully circular F1 car by 2030. Again, emissions from the production and use of 20 F1 cars is a drop in the bucket compared to all of the other elements of the F1 footprint, which we talk about a lot, namely logistics, travel, all things like that. But it's really cool for them to sort of like put their foot in the in the sand and say, okay, these are like proof points that having recycled carbon fiber does work well at this high level of performance. Um, and it'll be really important for, you know, data collection and showing other teams and even like other manufacturers in the broader automotive industry. So lots of cool experimentation from them. Number seven, Mercedes factory of the future announcement. This was, this happened in May. Mercedes announced plans for a new factory powered by 100% renewable energy, solar arrays, pedestrian only zone, 50% reduction in water consumption per person and 60% recycling of waste. We actually talked to Ali Ashpatol, who's Mercedes head of sustainability, a little bit about this. So definitely go check out that interview if you haven't yet, but this was really exciting. Obviously hasn't happened yet, but super cool that they're thinking kind of forward facing about work back at the factory and how important that is to building cars and delivering that kind of across the sport. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like the workplaces, a lot of the teams that I feel like are really on the cutting edge or trying a lot of cool new things really live and breathe that in every aspect. So, you know, the majority of your workers are actually at the factory. They're not at the racetrack. So that'll be really cool for them to show. Number six is Pirelli's commitment to all tires being Forest Stewardship Council certified, which basically means that they have biodiversity protections and other sustainability practices embedded in in them, and it's required for, for them to have that certification. So starting in 2024, Pirelli has certified that they will only use responsibly sourced FSC certified tires for all F1 events, and that really means sustainable natural rubber that protects forests, ecosystems, and biodiversity. And of course, like we always talk about, this is a huge proof point that could hopefully extend to the broader automotive, automotive industry. Number five, 2024 calendar regionalization. So calendar regionalization, I would say, is probably one of, if not the highest impact item on this list, just given the footprint of having to move thousands of people, materials across the globe. There's just so much that goes into 20 plus races all over the world. So some great strides were made towards this, like Australia, Japan, and China being grouped together, Qatar and Abu Dhabi back to back. But There's still a lot of opportunity for improvement, which is why this is not number one, it's number five, but super exciting to see some progress being made, but excited to kind of see how that uh, evolves over the next several seasons, especially as we get towards 2026 and uh, 2030, which is F1's goal for net zero. Yeah, it almost feels like by then they'll have to have this figured out. And, you know, I don't like we don't know the full ins and outs of really what it takes. But to me, this probably feels like the simplest one, don't you think, Tiggy? It's just like is it just a matter of scheduling? Like probably not, but it does feel like a very high impact, low lift way, but I guess you have to deal with all the promoters and all of their own different Yeah. I would actually say this is probably the one of the most complicated to figure out just given all the moving pieces. Like I don't think it's that easy to just pick up 
a Grand Prix weekend date and like put it on another weekend and not have any conflicts and what's going on in the city. Like we know we've been to to F1 Grand Prix and like it really takes over the entire city. It affects yeah, everything you, from local lives to transportation to like yeah, cost of living over that week and weekend. So I think there's a lot of stuff to to be sorted out when we think about how to structure a calendar. So I actually don't think it's very simple, but I do think that it's probably the most important thing on this list. So I hope that, you know, thinking farther out about these things will allow for more advanced planning yeah. that makes it easier to regionalize all of these things. Yeah. I guess in my head, I was thinking like, this is the least scientifically difficult. Like, hey, it's not scientifically <laughs> difficult to do this, but I guess putting together an F1 weekend is a science in and of itself. Okay, number four, Vegas's first in sport water conservation partnership to become the first net zero water GP in F1. This is so cool. You should definitely listen to our episode from Vegas with um, Pilar. We talked a lot about this, but long story short, Vegas used an atmospheric water generator to capture water vapor and then return it back to the system in an attempt to offset the expected water usage throughout the weekend in Vegas. Yeah, I just love this one so much because I think, one, it's so tailored to the location of the event and to the community. As we talked about with Pilar, Vegas and Clark County are really struggling with water supply and drought. So I love solutions, especially sustainability ones that are focused on the location and the community that they're in. Yeah, And then two, I just think it's so technologically and scientifically unique and fascinating. Like, I didn't think we'd be talking about atmospheric water generators like over this season on the podcast, but it's just so it's so fascinating and it just feels like a really cool scientific experiment yeah. that has impact. So number three, DHL's biofuel trucks reduced carbon emissions by an average of 83% across the European summer races. So as we know, as we talked about, travel and logistics make up the vast majority of F1's carbon emissions. So really any opportunity to reduce that via biofuels, sea freight, other methods is just a big, big win. And I think we've seen DHL and Mercedes being leaders in this over the past couple of years for the European races, which we know is not the biggest part of the calendar. It's just a handful of races over the summer, but it is a start. And given F1 and a lot of the factories and teams are based in Europe, it's an easier place to start. So I think the important part of that is, you know, it's a start, but also that the trucks and the biofuel used maintained the same level of performance. So load capacity, travel distance, that sort of thing as the diesel counterpart. So it's not like we're making trade-offs with uh, the the trucks that they're using they're mm -hmm. they're working just as well it's just you know making the push to to make it happen i think that's so crucial because f1 to me does not seem like the kind of operation that is going to be willing to accept trade-offs so to be able to do what's good for the world and also what's good for the sport is going to be crucial okay number two this one was amazing all 10 f1 teams earned the fia three-star environmental accreditation so this was announced Back in June, that all 10 teams and the FIA itself and many of the different partners involved in the whole production, that is F1, have basically reached the highest level of environmental accreditation that is recognized by the FIA. And this measures performance across 17 different criteria, which includes, but is not limited to, supply chain management, energy use, transportation, logistics, carbon emissions, all the amazing things that we you know, talk about and think about when we think about sustainability. And best part about this, I think, um, you know, because the FIA could be very much like, you know, doing this sort of as lip service, but the audits that 
kind of like certify all of this are completed by a third party. And of course, this is going to be a huge part of the push toward net towards net zero in 2030 and just making sure that, you know, they're not just saying it, but actually fully living it. So very happy about that. Yeah. And I'm excited to see more of the teams hopefully talk a lot more about sustainability next year. I think we we heard a lot of sustainability stuff from McLaren, from Mercedes, from a handful of others, but definitely looking for more teams to kind of talk about that and put more effort and investment towards it. So I'm glad that they've all reached this environmental accreditation level, but I, I want to continue hearing more. So number one, have to give this one P1, not because of the physical carbon impact, but just because I think the literal and metaphorical buzz it created, hopefully everybody knows what this is (laughs) at this point, (laughs) but Sebastian Vettel's B Hotels, the buzz in corner in Suzuka, the entire grid participating. The whole point of this was to highlight the decline of biodiversity. Like we said, almost every single driver showed up to participate. It was such a feel-good moment with Seb being back, championing such an important cause. The track repainted, turned two, black and yellow. Seb set up 11 beehives, one for each team, to highlight the decline in biodiversity, the important role that bees and insects play in that. And he had the cutest quote. He said, we see the bee as our ambassador. She will help us stress this very important message, which just feels very Sebastian Vettel. She, I loved this. <laughs> uh, yes, bee. she, the queen bee. <laughs> but I just, I love I this that. moment. And yeah, it's not reducing a ton of carbon impact, just like setting up 11 bee hotels. But I do think the message and the press and the buzz is like, is really important. So Shouts out to Vettel for always continuing to champion this, even while he's not on the grid. <laughs> I think my mom might have seen this and been really inspired because this year our entire family, Secret Santa, is all around bee, bee-themed. So maybe I should book somewhere to stay at the Buzzing Bee Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be a little small for you. It's bee-sized, but <laughs> um, anyway, honorable <laughs> mentions – Lewis Hamilton's Extreme E climate video series was super cool. Check that out on the YouTube channel if you have not already, but really love to see those videos highlighting different climate stories across the world. Austria, the Grand Prix, piloted a low-carbon energy solution. We were actually at that Grand Prix, so that was cool to, to hear about and to see. And then Seb driving sustainably fueled cars at Goodwood, at the Nürburgring, so continuing to champion the cause as usual. And lastly, McLaren launching a climate contribution program. So they're focused, they're partnering with a bunch of different organizations to acquire the highest possible quality carbon credits, which is cool to see. So yeah, happy to to see that and shout out some of those things. But let us know what you think about the top 10, if we missed anything, if there was anything that we should have included here. But we will turn it over to news. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop there. Seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal 
personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Okay, let's talk about some news. A lot has actually been happening in the past few weeks. So, biggest news item or one that's really interesting is the FIA banned arrow testing of 2026 concepts, meaning that teams are not allowed to undertake any wind tunnel or CFD work for the new car specs until January 1, 2025. So, Teams can still do all the required preliminary R&D work for 2026 that is not covered by the aerodynamic testing restriction rules. And again, this is not, you know, this is big news, but it's not something that's never happened before. This is very similar. Last time we had the big regulation changes in 2022, they also implemented some limits around, you know, when and when, when and where they could test and couldn't. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, second news item, F1, the FIA Extreme H, which is the hydrogen series debuting in 2025, have f- officially formed a joint hydrogen working group that will start in 2025. And the goal there is to evaluate how hydrogen technology like battery systems, fuel cells can be used across motorsport. So super excited for Extreme H, like we said, will debut in 2025. And similar to Extreme E, it also intends to have male and female drivers for each team. So very excited about that. COP28 just wrapped in Dubai this year. So we'll talk about a couple of the highlights and maybe more positive aspects with the caveat that, you know, not everything got done here like happens every single year. And many feel that it was maybe a little bit more a show of incrementalism and and not enough, but want to shout Wait, out Tiggy, some of for the- those that don't know, tell us what COP28 is. So COP is a climate conference every single year that happens where all of these kind of state leaders, delegates from different countries come to talk about climate and our goals in reducing emissions uh, to get us to a place where our world is not going to be on fire. So that just wrapped (laughs) in Dubai. (laughs) And I actually was lucky enough to hear the head of COP talk in September when, when he was here for UN General Assembly week in September. But First, the first ever UN climate deal calling for a transition away from fossil fuels was announced with the goal of tripling renewable energy capacity by 2030. So that's super exciting. It does not mean it will happen anytime soon, but the acknowledgement is there and people are saying that this marks the quote unquote beginning of the end of fossil fuels, which is obviously important as we think about climate. Um, The second main one, Loss and Damage Fund, that was officially launched to provide financial support to developing countries suffering severe impacts from climate change. So France and Italy so far have led the way on commitments, and there are are other funds out there to help developing countries address the climate crisis, but this one is geared more towards kind of compensating countries for damage. 
So super interesting. There's a lot to learn on COP28 and to read into, but those were a couple of the highlights. The last piece of news is Formula E, so the electric motorsport series. Their 2024 season is actually only less than a month away. It runs from January through July, and it's actually going to be in Mexico City on January 13th. And then it's going to finish its season in London. And maybe, Tiggy, we can go to London in July and see that there. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Would be amazing. Yes. And that is a wrap on the news this episode. Thank you all for the absolute best season. More exciting topics and guests to come on all fronts next year, sustainability and, of course, beyond. But have the best holiday break and catch you all in 2024.